Hello and welcome to the Townsend Training Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Townsend, and I will be looking at bringing you all the latest information and education that is out there and turning that into usable information that you can actually use to improve your life, reduce your body fat, increase muscle, improve your happiness, and generally live an all-round healthier lifestyle. Hello. So welcome to episode, is it 32? I think today's episode is with the devices Mo Farah, I'm going to call him. People know him as Coach Damo. Uh, I know him as Damien um, because I've never been to his running club. Damien runs local running club, Devises Fit, which um, he basically grew himself uh, about this time last year, actually, maybe a little bit earlier. Um, and he now runs local running club. What I'm going to do is the next voices, if you like, you'll hear, will be mine and his. And I am going to press record before I even phone him. Um, because if I phone him up and then say, right, we're going to start now, he will, he will change the way he talks and that you will see it. You will, but if I press record beforehand and just start rolling straight into it, um, you'll get a much more natural chat, if you like, between me and Damo. Um, and hopefully that works well. So the next thing you'll hear is probably a phone ringing. That will be my laptop phoning Mr. Coach Demo as we get into today's episode where we talk, we go on, we go on for like an hour, actually. Um, we talk community, we talk coaching, we talk um, nutrition for races, best and worst races he's done, the experience, uh, tips, tricks of how to get the most out of your running. And then I hit him with the uh, the good quick fire round questions at the end. So hopefully you enjoy this episode with Coach Damo. Hello. Hello. You good? Yeah, all good. Why can't I see you? I don't know. Enable video. We're in. There we go. That's better. That's better. We are in. Been out running? Yeah. How far did you go? So today I did 5k with Sarah Townsend. Oh, I've just seen that pop up actually. Did you oh, go the... Did you go up a hill? No, we didn't. Right, she's lying then because she's told me she's gone up a hill on our... Um... Oh, hang on. Did okay. we go up a hill? She's claimed that she's gone up a yeah. hill for our daily challenge. So I'll, uh... We did, we did Station Road today. Oh, nice, nice. That's where we, do, we generally do our hill reps up and down Station Road, though. Oh, dear. Yeah, we did. Cool. So she's not lying. Cool, I'll let her off then. Sarah, I will let you off. Um, I'm already recording, mate. I've already gone for it. And you'll see on the little introduction as to why I've done it. Um... So we'll get straight into it. I can't see you going here. I don't know why it's cut out, but it doesn't really matter. Um, so we've got some questions, which you've probably seen anyway, because they're on your yeah, Facebook group. 
And then I've got some topics that I think we should talk about in general. Um, and then I've got some nice quick fire questions for you at the end, which you don't know what they are, which is my little, um, my little secret. So what we'll do is we'll kick off with, we'll do a couple of questions, then we will talk topics, come back to the last couple of questions, and then we'll do some quick fires at the end, I reckon. Um, we'll try and keep it shortish, but we'll see what happens. We'll just see what happens. Um, I've got about two and a half hours before I've got to do something. So, <laughs> um, so first question then. What is the best or worst race you have ever been to? Right, so my probably my worst race I ever did, and a lot of people probably grimace at what I'm about to say, but the worst race I ever did was the London Marathon. And that was purely because... My training was bad. Um, my I, my head wasn't in the right place at the time. Yeah. And then on the day, I tried to run at a pace that I hadn't trained for. So I tried to run a minute quicker than what I was actually trained and capable of doing. Yeah, yeah. And also, um, while we're on that subject of London Marathon, for anyone that is ever going to do the London Marathon, this, you go up on the day before to collect your race number. And I found you've taken a lot of trains, you're doing a lot of traveling on the day before you're going to do your race. And I got very um, dehydrated and I yeah. could not get my hydration. Um, so I, when I was running London Marathon, I literally was thirsty from the word go. So all <laughs> time running around, I was trying to drink, but obviously you can't down. Trying to hydrate and uh, yeah. And in a good place from the start so oh, um, yeah. that, that's a big lesson to learn so it's like a preparation thing isn't it so you it was your worst race because your preparation good. leading up into it wasn't great and then all the bits beforehand as well yeah so basically through poor preparation um i suffered on the london marathon and had a bad experience whereas a lot of people go to do the london marathon for a good experience yeah yeah, yeah. Have you done it just the once? Just the once, yeah. yeah. Do you still apply for it now? No, I don't know. Do you not know? <laughs> uh, the only reason being because I know um, at the stage of my life, I haven't got the time to do the proper um, yeah. preparation. I got in. I wouldn't want to go through that again and, and be disappointed. So I think... There'll be a time when I will I will go for it again, but I have to be in the right place. Um, yeah, it's a lot I of um, it's a lot of hours training, isn't it? It's not just like the hours running a race. It's you got to be consistently running long distances leading up. And what a lot of people don't realise with marathons is you. It's not just about the time you put in, but it's asking your family to give you the time to train for a marathon because it's it's not just yeah. It's not like you have not to run a 5k, you've got to put everything into it to get the best result you can from it. And you need your yeah. family on the side. And, you, and, and people struggle. But if you've not got all support from your family, it can make it very difficult because you need your family to understand that you're going to be out running a lot of miles. And yeah. we, I found with marathon training, is you kind of you go out and do a 15 mile run. 
you want to come home and you don't want to be going out shopping or going down the beach. <laughs> yeah. Right, you kind of maybe have an afternoon nap. And yeah. if your family don't get that, you're in big trouble. Yeah, it's a big commitment, isn't it? especially like at the minute when people say, I can't even put an hour a day to exercise three times a week. Like, it's a big, it's a big commitment, isn't it? It's a big commitment. Oh, it really is. Yeah. It really is a massive commitment. Yeah, I've only ever done halves, and that's that's far enough for me. <laughs> so, Gordon, what's your best? My best, um, I I kind of have two best. So, my first best was um, my um, fifty mile ultra. Um, yeah. With four mountains in the middle, and the reason that was my best because that was that was running at a difference. That was. I found the running in 50 miles, the running was the easy bit, but climbing four mountains <laughs> was what destroyed me, if I'm honest. Like, yeah. the running was easy, going over four mountains. Not so much. Not so much, but to finish, and know you've been out for 20 hours, and to finish and, and see other people coming in. Yeah. And working together, because it... For that race is we got on top of the last mountain and it was pitch black. And I remember I was running with this guy and um, I was struggling and I said I told him to push on, and he said there was no way he was going to leave me up on that mountain in pitch black on my own. And he actually stayed with me and finished the race with me. So yeah, that's cool. I kind of that's kind of what made it the best race for me because everyone pulls together in an ultra it's not about it's not every person for themselves sort of thing no it's really not it's yeah. about getting each other through something that is challenging and um, for that guy to stay with me just to make sure I finished and I was safe it was um, yeah. second to none really um, my second best race would have been Bristol half marathon and that was because I ran a few half marathons and I always wanted to do a sub 130. And I think my best at the time was um, one hour 32. Um, and I just couldn't run any quicker than that. And I went to Bristol on this particular day. And the, you always get the same questions, what time you're looking to do. Yeah. Um, and I said to a lot of people, I'd love a sub 130, but anything under 132 I'd be happy with. And on that particular day, I don't know how it happened, but I finished the race and I'd done a one hour 28 and I have no idea nice. where it came from. So, <laughs> nice. I, I, yeah, it was just incredible. But what made a big difference on that day is um, having people around the course. Um, I had a few friends out there and they kept appearing in different places, which was incredible. It was yeah. like magic. Um, and I just had the same conversation with Sarah on our run. Cause she ran the revenge obviously the weekend just yeah. gone and she was saying how great it was to have different people from devices fit different clubs and stuff yeah because she said she's running up one gully struggling to see someone at the top shouting down at her and it sort of gave her that drive yeah i think i need to i need to get back in the game so it does make a big difference and um so whether that day it was that for me and the same for Sarah getting around the revenge, so that will Yeah, that is pretty much that's pretty much my two best two best runs, 
So that leads quite nice actually, and we'll start talking about community in a second. I've just got one quick question. What is the most impressive scenic route you've ever run or race? Like if you had to pick one that was, that was like for looks on its own, as in like your views and stuff, What have, have you got one? Yeah, I have, yeah. So I would say it would have to be... Um, Snowden. So when I did the 50 mile ultra, we ran obviously 50 miles around Snowden. And oh, that was yeah. seen, the scenery was just incredible to be out there and, and actually fit, like be out in the countryside. And it was literally out in the countryside. Um, yeah. Absolutely incredible. So um, if I had to pick one for scenery, that's where you go back. And, and if I'm honest, there's probably two actually because I also think that running and this is not just racing but running round um dividers being out to two areas in particular is Ramway Hill and up over Cheryl Monument. It's also as beautiful yeah. for your own local so if you're countryside. Lo- local ones, yeah, they that's where you go. Yeah. yeah nice. So that is for me that is um that'd be my top I reckon. Not that I can get to Snowden um, once a week to go and run. run <laughs> <so>. <laughs> um, nice. So I'm going to move on to a topic. We'll, we'll come back to the other questions in a minute because we've sort of covered it. Yeah. Community. Now, for those that don't know, obviously I run a boot camp and base a lot of it around community. You run Devices Fit, which we'll come to at the end so you talk about what it is and stuff like that, which is also not just running it is based around the community what do you see as why is that important and what's the benefit of of having that community i think you sort of covered it a little bit anyway about having people around you and stuff like that yeah so for me um it's so obviously running is a passion of mine and that's why um i brought the bit together but yeah it's about bringing people together, but what's most important is when you go to boot camp or if you go to Dividers Fit or any running group, you generally run with so many people from so many walks of life, and it becomes a place where it doesn't matter what job you do, how much money you earn, what your education is, what your background is, you can literally turn up and your class is the same. Everyone is on yeah. the same wavelength. Yeah. And you, you're not judged on what you are in life. And I think that is about being a community. And I think if you can get more people to see that and understand that it doesn't matter whether you earn hundreds of pounds or whether you you can't afford to live day to day, it's about being able to be out there and come together as a group of people and to me, that's probably the most important thing about having devices fit. And then when I joined boot camp, I couldn't believe it. I had exactly the same feeling because you go to an indoor gym, and I've never really felt indoor gym. It's almost like going in a gym is like going to the library. You feel like you're not allowed to talk to <laughs> anyone. Whereas you go to boot camp, you can have a laugh, you can have a banter, and you can... Yeah. You can be yourself, and again, no one judges you for whatever walk of life you're from. No, I think that's the big thing, actually, is a lot of people, I think that helps a lot of people, is once you get 
once you get going and get started, it is the, like, everyone helping each other and that sort of thing. But then I also think it's one of the, one of the blockers as to why people don't join as well, is people think they're going to get judged. Because you turn up on a field, turn up at a running club, and they're going, there's going to be 50 other people, or whatever the number happens to be, who will be quicker than me, fitter than me, like, Le- way less than me anything like that and that's like I think it goes both ways I think it stops a lot of people joining because they're worried and they're scared about it but then I think once you break that barrier once you realize that actually no one cares like no one cares what you look like how fit you are what you do as a job they're all just in it to help each other along which like you will achieve far more in a group environment like that than you will ever on your own because there'll be times when you don't want, when it's pissing down the rain, freezing cold, and you don't want to turn up, but then you suddenly get a message saying, are you going? And then suddenly you both then turn up. Um, and I think that helps it as well. I think that helps pull people along. Um, let's talk about events. So outside of running, you, I think we're both a big fan of this actually, is... You run like events and stuff like that, don't you? Um, talk about your charity events that you've done. Over, I know you've done some over the past year, on its own. Tell people about them. Yeah. So um, um, one of the biggest ones, one of my favourite ones I ever done was um, we've we've actually renamed it. So we're going to try and go live with this every year. So um, we actually call it Fit Fest, which um, okay. was a charity event for Julia House. We basically worked with a local pub in Devizes, which was the British Lion. Yeah. And basically, all it was was a charity barbecue. I got a band in from Swindon um, that played for free. And we raised over £650 just from sales of hot dogs and burgers, which was absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, and it was, again, it was bringing the community together. Um, but that event was also based around mental health because, um, unfortunately, we did lose a guy to um, mental health. Yeah. So the British Lion, he was a, he drank in the British Lion, so they wanted to do something to um, his okay. own remembrance. So it was also yeah. based on that as well. So it's almost a two-in-one. But we did... We did do a 5k run in memory of him as well because he's also a runner. So that was all on the same day, wasn't it? Or was it not? On the same day, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was. Um, yeah, I think that's important as well. Like, is if you go to the gym, right now, I'm not going to say going to the gym is wrong because I, anyone that knows me knows I do the same thing. But that for me is my, like, I guess where I'm always out instructing groups and stuff like that sometimes I like to take that 45 minutes to myself and I put my headphones on and I go and do my own thing that's just me um I think when you become part of a running club become part of a boot camp become part of an exercise group or that sort of thing is it's not just about the exercise either is all the events outside of it so you know your barbecue you've done your fun runs um, like we've done quiz nights recently as well. We've done even like the awards nights and stuff like that. I think, like I think they're so important to keep people together. 
And so they think they're not just, you know, this isn't just an exercise group. This is like becoming part of something a little bit bigger. Don't get me wrong, we're not taking over the world, but we're... Um, yeah, I think people like the social side, don't they? they like... Yeah. I'm sure some people just come to boot camp for a chat. I'm sure of it. <laughs> I would dream of it, Greg. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I would walk around and talk to people just because that's what I like to do. Yeah. Right, so, um, but I think that's what, that's what makes it friendly, and that's what makes it friendly, and that's what keeps people coming back. And that that's what us as coaches or instructors want. You know, we want people coming back because we, we know the more often they turn up, the better they're going to be because of it. So if the easier we can make it, like the better it is, not just for us, but for them as well. If we know we know they will see the benefits of, of doing it. Um, and I know we've got a lot of like cross members and we do sort of a bit of both. Um, and it's good. It is good. Yeah, yeah. I, that, that's the bit that I must admit is, that's the bit I love is because we do have a crossover of... Um, and it's like the, the other day when it, everyone ran the, re, the revenge, I realised that I didn't have a picture um, of Devizes Fit. And then when I looked at the, the group picture taken, actually, mm-hmm. most of the people in that picture did, did <laughs> your boot camp and, and Devizes Fit yeah. use that picture anyway. So Yeah, it's good, isn't it? It is good. Um, it's just a choice of what T-shirt you put on, isn't it? <laughs> do you put on my <laughs> one or do you put on your <laughs> That's uh, I, I got that many vests each day. I never know what one I'm wearing on what day. So. Yeah, that's quite funny. But also with um, all of this, is it's giving people a focus and a purpose. Yeah. It's not just about... So with Devices Fit, it's although it is, is running, but I always try and focus on how people run because it's all very well coming and running, but I think... If you're coming and running, if I can give people things to think about while they're running around, sometimes it, add, it actually takes away to that when you're you're finding it hard. If you start to think about how am I using my arms, am I slouching? Holding the crisp packet. Like, you start thinking about that. And before you know it, you've run another mile and yeah. you haven't even thought about the pain you're in because you're thinking about what you what you should be doing. Yeah. And I yeah. think it's the same in... Um, in boot camp, people just think about if something's hurting, just thinking about the form and technique they're using. Yeah. Before you know it, you, you're in a better place. So. Yeah, if you've done your 150 reps and you're good to go. I'm joking, Absolutely. people. I don't make them do 150 reps. <laughs> Not all the time. Um, all right, all right. Let's, let's move on to another question. Um, and we'll probably both add into this, I reckon. Yeah. Is... The best thing to eat the night before a race and the morning of. Um, now, um, I'll let you lead on this one and then I'll... I was going to say, yeah, and add some bits in. You, you're probably a lot more clued up with sort of during race stuff. A lot of this, I think, depends on the distance you are running. Yeah. So if I was to pick, oh, let's go somewhere... Um, let's say five miles, five miles or less in your races, I wouldn't overly worry about carving up extra loads the night before and stuff like that because of the, like, the distance of it. I would 
what I would try and do is probably have a few more carbs with lunch and dinner the day before. But I certainly wouldn't let like, you hear some people like for marathons and stuff like that is for almost like a day and a half, two days is loading it up, loading it up, loading it up. Um, for like the shorter distances, I I wouldn't overly like kick the ass out of it if you like. Um, and then the morning, like I guess it depends what time you start and stuff like that. But I wouldn't eat two hours any nearer than two hours before a race. What's that? Usually two hours I go for. Yeah, I, I wouldn't go any closer than two hours, I don't think, because you don't really want it sitting there in your stomach when you're trying to run and stuff like that. And then I would like I would pick foods. I would go with something like with oats, so some carbs and stuff like that again. And even if, like, you throw the rule book out the window and have rice. Like, who... It's it's quite funny how we've just associated. You have to eat certain things at certain times of day. There's no one in. There's nowhere in the rule book that says you can't have rice for breakfast if you want it. So if you want Absolutely. it, like have, like you quite often used to see, uh, hear about footballers having pasta and stuff at like nine in the morning when they had a game of football at twelve or something. Um, so I would think something like oats or something, but not too, nothing too heavy that's going to sit there. And I would also. Again, depending on distance, is I would throw some fats in there as well for towards the far end of your race when you don't want to be tailing off and stuff like that. It's maybe some peanut butter, um, things like coconut oils and stuff are quite good. Um, so you've sort of got that energy over time. So you've got your carbs for the initial bit of the race and then the fats that your body will basically use as it's going through and stuff like that. Um, for longer races, marathons, half marathons, some of the weird stuff that you do, um, getting good sources of carbs for a couple of days in beforehand, I yeah. very important. The morning of, again, some more carbs in there. That's probably when I would then maybe focus on bits. I would probably bring in rice and stuff like that. What I wouldn't do, though, is do anything drastically different don't suddenly think i'm racing today so i'm going to have oats for breakfast if you've never had oats for breakfast before in your life like yeah, I think keep it similar what you do is if you're training for a half marathon for a marathon is you what you eat on the day of your long run on the weekend is what you would eat on the day when you do the race so it's yeah. basically if you're doing a 16 week training plan that's the point to test what you're going to eat because it's better that you, if you upset a training run, this is not as bad as spoiling race day, which yeah. obviously I spoke about earlier with um, London the Marathon. Preparation, yeah. But one of the most random things I've ever done is um, I was doing a race one day and it was a cross country race and I had to go into work at two o'clock in the morning. And at four o'clock in the morning, um, we went back to a cabin and this guy made me um, two bacon sandwiches, which I ate about four o'clock in the morning. And then when I ran later on, I had the best run of my life. And whether it's to do with what I eat, but literally I've never ran and felt so strong in my life as I did on that day. So 
So I think sometimes it's like you were saying. Sometimes it's breaking habits, and because it, it's so British, for, we're very focused on we must eat cereal for breakfast. Yeah. We must eat this for lunch, and it's sometimes it's, you don't need to. And recently, I've been doing it. I've yeah. been eating different foods. I've been eating more hams and cheeses around breakfast time. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Just as an experiment more than anything, but I think we need to sometimes not think we have to eat cereal as part of a breakfast. And follow the rules. There, there the yeah. like that. So, going back to the bacon sandwich, then, right? Let's yeah. break. It, let's break it down as to why that worked. Bread, carbs, uh, right? The bacon probably had a bit of fat on it but good protein on there as well. Butter would be my guess. Yeah. Fats. Put it all together, you've got a mix of fats, protein and carbs all in there. I'm not saying go and have bacon sandwiches every time you're going to race, but that that's probably why it worked. Um, if you break it down and look at it as to what it actually is, like the good fats in butter will help. But it also give you that energy, um, like towards the end of the race and stuff like that. So it, like, it does work. Um, during the race then, this may be where you come in a little bit more than what I... Obviously hydration, drink your water, all that sort of stuff. Is you want... If you can get all of like electrolyte drinks and stuff like that, it's probably a good idea because you sweat out all the salts and stuff like that. Um, sometimes... Like just small bags of Haribo is not a bad shout. Um, but certainly at the end of a race, if you want to replace salts and sugars as quick as you can, um, would be my guess. During shorter races, I, I, I wouldn't overly worry too much about it. But then for longer races, like I've seen and heard of like endurance runners and stuff, things like peanut butter and jam sandwiches because you've got like the little sugar hit in there so i'm talking like endurance racing and stuff like that marathon running and stuff is you've got the sugar in there but you've got the fats in there yeah um and i think fats is where a lot of people a lot of people go right i'm going for this big long run i'm gonna take 15 bags of haribo and basically just try and keep sugar high 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 through the race and actually Maybe taking a, probably not feasible really, but a jar of peanut butter and a spoon round with you might be a better option sometimes. Because um, you get in those, and a lot of it is about replacing the calories that you are burning. And obviously fat's a lot higher in calories per volume of what you're actually putting in. And what you, like what you don't want to be doing is having to sit there in the middle of a race trying to scoff down a high volume of food. You want something that is quick and easy, which has got some calories in there that's actually going to help you. Um, yeah. I don't know what your experience is with stuff like that. You would have far more experience than I would have. Well, a lot of people... So, just starting like with some of the bits behind it is obviously it's about getting the energy into the muscles and the liver, um, which a lot of people wouldn't realise. And I think as well as people sometimes, when we talk about carb loading, usually carb loading is more for endurance than anything over 120 minutes of um, yeah. running. Um, and I think a lot of people we just spoke about forget about the other things like the fats, the sugars. Um, and I think a lot of people focus more on the carbs. And then on race day, they 
hard, 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 but on race day, you actually wake up and feel bloated. Yeah. And I think it's where you're in trouble because you feel heavy, you're going to run heavy, and it has a, an impact on the performance all day. So it's, like we were saying, that bacon sandwich had an element of everything. I didn't feel bloated. I, I felt absolutely incredible, actually. But yeah. like we're saying, saying to eat a bacon sandwich or every run, unless it works for you, and that's, that's good. But for me, generally, if I run anything up to a half marathon, I don't generally take anything to run the race. Um, when I ran my ultra, I was on, I'm trying to think what I was eating now. So I was eating tracker bars, I was eating... And they've got nuts in the stuff as well. I was eating, I was literally eating anything I could really. Um, yeah. Yeah, sandwich stations on the way around. And it was about keeping that energy for my, um, for the muscles to operate at a good standard throughout the whole run. Yeah. Um, but like you said, any, if you're running a three to five mile run, I've often run a 5k on a banana because if I've eaten well during a week, my, um, yeah, 100%. Energy should be, I should have built up everything I need to, all my stores should be. Yeah. If you yeah, if you've planned it and fueled it correctly, like the day before, the few days before, you probably shouldn't really need to eat during the race if it's no more than, you know, 10 miles. Like, you could probably get to 10 miles if you've eaten properly the days before. Like, you'd be fine, I think. Um, nice. Let's let's move on. Let's move on from that. I like, I like that one. We've done well there. Um, I think you've already sort of covered this before. Back to another question. But your biggest running achievement... My biggest running achievement is actually different from anything I spoke about today. So my biggest running achievement I know where you're going is Devizes Fit. I knew you were going um, there. <laughs> Devizes Fit. So a lot of people in Devizes Fit probably read this in my um, newsletter, but Devizes Fit for me, I left another club, um, and I won't go into details, but I left another club and suffered with horrendous anxiety for months yeah. and it wasn't until I joined your boot camp that made me realise that watching your passion and watching what you do re re almost re although I've always had it in me and I, I in the old club I was in I kind of had a big hand in that and I loved helping people and when I joined boot camp and I saw you doing that, it gave me the drive to push devices fit. Yeah. And it was about becoming part of a community again and becoming as a group of people that I could run with, whether that was running slow, fast. It was about being with people and feeling wanted and accepted. And that's yeah. kind of, that is my biggest achievement through running um, for me. Nice, yeah, that's good. I think sometimes you um, you sometimes just need someone to say, like, you can, you can do, or not you can do it, but why can't you be the person to do it? Yeah, absolutely. Like, if it, if if that's if you've got an idea, like, why can't you do it? And that's something I've like I did on last week. 
um, the Mister Mr. Sigma Wolf, we'll call him, and he like he put a little bit back into me where I was sort of like when we spoke not on the podcast, sort of off air about bits and pieces, and he was like, "But you can do that," and like I did, like deep down I knew I could. I think I always just question myself, probably the same as what you did when starting the running bit. It was like, shall I shine or shall I shine? I looked at me and went, well, he can flip and do it, so why can't I do it? And that's sometimes that's all it takes. Like, all it takes. Um, if you've got something that can help other people, like, just go and do it. Just do it. Um, and that's what you've got. You've got running knowledge and experience that can help other people and that's yeah. that, and that's why it works that's why it works because they people will look to you and go he does know what he's doing because he's done it he's done it before he, he will be able to help me you know whether it's the 5k the, the couch to 5k you run like you've done you can do that so people will come to you and go right i want to go from nothing to 5k can you help me yes Right, I want to run my first half marathon. Can you help me? Yes, because you've done it. I want to run my first marathon. Can you help me? Yes, because you've done it. And you can use, and not everyone is the same, but you can use your experience of how you've done it, of how you've taught other people to do it. And every person that you teach how to do something, you will learn from. Because not everyone will, will be the same. But you'll pick something up and go, right, that worked for that person, but didn't work for that one. So when the next person comes along, you've almost got four or five options to pick from, going, right, which person are you most likely going to be like? Um, yeah. And it's just using knowledge and experience. Um, it's funny. Go on. You saying about um, how things work, it's like when I do beginner programs, there's so many written programs out there. I could literally print a um, safe for the 5k program off and I could just turn up and I could say right you're going to run for a minute for a minute but I actually turn up to my beginners when I start my beginners I have nothing written in plan I literally we do the first session and yeah. then I judge everyone on how we're going to move forward 100% agree we may have to break the, if we got 20 people we may have to break that into three groups but we can yeah. make it work having the helpers there but I do everything on people's abilities rather than following yeah. the program because I could write a program but that's not necessarily no. going to work for everyone that comes along yeah like you can judge what's in front of you not winging it as such it is kind of winging it but it's kind of but, yeah. if you're confident in what you do you can make it work yeah like, like, 100% one of the things I'm going to train myself and, and think to myself is you, I could go somewhere with a plan in my mind, but you need to be able to change your plan and still look professional without anyone even knowing that you've made a change to your plan. Yeah. Like you could look at your runners and think, that's not going to work today, but being confident that you yeah. can make that situation work and change it and no one has a clue. Yeah, and it just it just flows. And it's, it's being able to judge what's in front of you, and that comes from experience. Experience and knowledge. I mean, how many times have you probably turned up a session and you think you're going to run a boot camp session yeah. one way and you think, it don't, this this ain't, yeah. I'm, I'm going to just fire something in because you need to make that quick change. So something I quite often do is I will put, 
But if I've got an idea that I want to do is I'll put a smaller version of it, maybe in the warm up or something like that, and see if the like the theme works. And then a couple of weeks later, I'll expand it into a big session. Or like I have been, I've been on the middle of that field and just looked around and gone, this is not working and gone, right. And within a minute or two, this is how I need to change it. And just gone, right, hold it there, grab a drink, duh, 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 move a few bits round, off you go. And people think I've just, I'm revealing some secrets here. People think I'm just changing it up, like, but it's judging what's in front of you. And, stuff. and the same is like when you go to a coach, right? For a nutrition plan, for a training program. You can go on Google and download one for free. But it is the chances of that being right for you, almost zero. Which is why, like I'm not going to say it's important to go to a coach, but it's, like, it's important to, to ask people and go, will this work for me or will it not? Because the chances are when you've downloaded off Google, won't. And taking the right nutrition plan and getting the right nutrition takes time. And people sort of, I think people like expect, like when they come into my programs and stuff, which I originally started, is they weren't expecting because before I sign anybody up is I have a conversation with them. I tell them about how it works. Like I, I still don't know how my body works with nutrition. And I've been going 31 years and I still ain't sussed it out. So how I'm supposed to suss out somebody else's within an hour, impossible. Like it takes time and it certainly takes a couple of weeks to get it right to make sure a, the foods are right for the person. It fits in with the lifestyle. It fits in with the time you've got to prepare stuff and all that sort of thing. And it, it, like, it's the same with running. Like you can download a running program off the, off the computer. You can do it for nothing. But when it says that you've got to go on a six mile run on a Sunday afternoon, you're sat there and going, well, that ain't going to work because that's not my family time. That's my family time, so I'm not doing it. Yeah, that's absolutely. why then you come to someone say like you, who knows what you need, you know, to get to a marathon distance, you know, over time, you need to be hitting that, 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 and that. How you get there is between you, the coach, and the runner. Right, we need to hit this many miles this week. We need to do it in X amount of sessions. Let's look at it and see where you can get them in. And you plan it like that. Um, which is, I don't really know where that comes from, but we sort of got off, off topic a little bit. Um, <laughs> it went there, didn't it? it went there. Um, I think we sort of covered it. Anyway, but last question of the big questions before we go into um, my cool little ones, because we're going 40 minutes. We are flying here, we are flying. Um, what gives you most satisfaction in being a coach or in coaching? Um, for me, I would say it's, um, it's bringing people together and it's nothing what I love when I do a character 5k there's nothing like when someone walks in and you get a, um, a genuine person comes in and they can't they can't run yeah. and you see them through a 10 week program and you see their progress week after week and then you go to that final part run and you see that person finish that 5k, to me, I get the same kind of like endorphin, that kind of um, excitement yeah. as I do 
when I reach my own goals. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of what that's kind of what I love in life. I I am a people helper, and that's because I love seeing people succeed. And yeah. I think for me, being a coach, the reason I coach is because I want to see people succeed. I mean, um, there's two pictures taken from two races over the weekend. Um, one was a girl that ran, so she did a save for the 5K this year. Oh, she right. ran her first five-mile race. <laughs> picture was just phenomenal. Is that Tracy? No, this was a girl oh. called um, Becky Davies. Okay, but, I- I was thinking of Tracy because she'd done the same thing, didn't she? She did, yeah. And yeah. She did incredible. I mean, that's who I was she thinking. put her body to the next level. Um, yeah. Yeah, she she did so well. Um, and with Tracy as well, she's very determined. Like, yeah. Probably one of the most determined people I know. And what I find funny in life is a lot of people judge people by how people look or what body shape but and and there's people out there you can go to a race and this is what i love about running is you can go to a race and if you lined everyone up in what order people would come you would get it so wrong yeah. i've seen you can you can get the, a stick thin girl young and you think she's going to be first female today yet you'll get someone yes yeah. carrying slightly a little bit of weight is miles and leaps and bounds ahead, and it, and and a lot of that is down. It's not. It's a lot of it's in your head. I think a lot of running is actually in your head, and the same with boot camp. If you can push through them demons, I think you can push yourself a little bit further. Yeah. And I can't have gone off track. I think. No, that's good. That's good. Um, yeah, I was thinking like it's the same. It's seeing people achieve. I think is um is why we do it and it makes like even maybe from a selfish point of view is it makes you feel good as a person because let's be honest everyone wants to feel good how you get there is different what makes us as coaches feel good is seeing other people succeeding and feeling good and that makes so it's, it's sort of a selfish self selfless reason isn't it really um yeah that's a bit of both um that's why. Right, let's start drawing it up. I've got three quick fire questions for you. Um, we'll go for, I don't know how quick the answers will be, but we'll see what happens. Question number one. You are going on a desert island. You can take one piece of fitness equipment with you. What are you going to take and why? I'm... I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take me running trainers. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say a stopwatch or something. No, I'm literally gonna take my trainers because I can run around that island as much as I want, and I ain't got to worry. If they wear out, I can start learning to run barefooted, and I can still do what I love. So yeah, no, I'll give you that one. I like that one. I find that question funny because a lot of people give an answer where they're they're gonna take. Um, piece of equipment but how I look at it is if that equipment breaks you're pretty much done so you, I think you need to take something that's not going to matter if it breaks <laughs> so you can continue to do something sustainable absolutely yeah. nice I like it I like it question two if you could sit down 
with one person. It can be famous, it can be whoever you want. You can sit down with one person and ask them one question. Who would it be and why? And what, no, not why. Who would it be and what would you ask them? Blimey, that is, that's quite a tough one. It's out there, isn't it? Um, That is a really, really tough one. You want to come back to it? No, I'm going to go with it. I think, I think if I could sit down with one person, it would probably be It'd probably be Mo Farah, actually. And I don't think I'd have one specific question because I'd probably ask ask him if I could have a copy of his training plan just so I can see... What he does. What what he puts in every day. We see these big athletes out there and we see them training and we hear whispers of what their training is. But I think to actually... In fact, I'd actually like to go and spend um, probably a month training with someone like Mo Farrell or a, a big athlete, just so you could get an who, insight to how they train, how they yeah. how they eat. Because with a, with a lot of this is when you're a bigger athlete, is the reason they're as good as they are is because they're good athletes, but also they're given the ability to be good athletes, whereas I'm a good runner for someone that lives life as a normal person. Yeah, so you'd like to go... Yeah. If you're an athlete, you're kind of given... Like, you've got all the help around you, and um, just to see that in motion, I think for me, would be... um, be incredible or so basically be given like that protected time for like a month to go you've got a month to improve your running go with um yeah. who's the bloke that done the two hour uh kipchoge broke the two yeah. hour marathon didn't he yeah. go, you go spend a month with him you got not got to worry about work anything else all you're gonna do is learn how to run like, it'd, be, it'd be it'd be second and that'd just be yeah. incredible i mean i might be you can get a pair of his fancy trainers out of it, you know. What, like... the, the Nike extra bounce, something or others. Yeah. yeah. People sort of saying that. It's like, well, he had a red light to follow in front of him. He had the bouncy trainers. He had 27 pace. Like, but the bloke still run that distance in less than two hours, regardless. Like, ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's like, phenomenal. Yeah. But to me, no, not, I, I, I don't want to sound disrespectful. It, it was a massive achievement. I totally get that. But to me, the two-hour marathon is yet to be beat. When that person comes in... Does it in a race. He's born and he does it. He goes out there and he runs a race with no no paces, no no lines on the road. To me, that's the day the two-hour marathon is broken. But what he did is amazing. I'm not not knocking him for what he done at all. Um, Because the female one got broken as well, didn't it? Not two hours, but the... The female world record by someone about a week later when it just went unnoticed. She broke Paula Radcliffe's record. Yeah. Um, See, that, that's, that's to me when it's been broken. Yeah, that, that was during a race. I'm sure it was during a race as well. Um, yeah. Last one then, before we finish it off. Best bit of advice you've ever been given? Best bit of advice I've ever been given? 
No, there's the pause. There's the long pause. There's um, the long one. <laughs> best advice I've ever been given is um, never let anyone knock you down. Not saying... So basically, um, I'm a great believer in I can be knocked down and I might be down for a while, but I will always get back up and brush myself off and fight yeah. another day. I won't be beaten. Um and that's kind of, I kind of picked that up from my granddad because he was the kind of guy that was exactly like that. He, he never let life beat him and he would um, just keep, he, he might be down for a while, but he'd get up, brush himself off, and then he'd fight another day. And that's kind of how I try to be. Yeah, yeah. The old, um, I put a little uh, post out yesterday, so what was it? Um, life is about, not what happens to you, but the way you react to it. And what you do in between that is where you grow and develop as a person. So when you're at your struggles, that is when it really counts. Um, and like, Because sometimes you can't help what's going to happen. You can't help what's going to happen in your life. But it's the way you react and bounce back from it. And this is like exactly the same as what you just said. That is, that is what makes you as a person. I think 100% makes you as a person. Yeah, absolutely. The perfect example of that for me is um, the other Tuesday we were doing a Halloween run and I got a phone call uh, um, on Tuesday afternoon telling me that someone passed away and in my mind I was thinking that person that's just passed away would say to me they'd be if I didn't do that Halloween run that night they'd be more annoyed that I let that bother me and affect my life. And I went ahead, I went down, I done what I had to do and I and it was, and I made it run as successful as I always would. And and yeah. that's kind of what I mean when I say you like you get knocked down and it can happen in an instant, like I could come off this chat to you and I could get a phone call anything and before you know it, life's turned upside down within an instant. You just never know yeah. when that's gonna happen. Yeah. And it's whether you can push forward I think it's always about pushing on and pushing forward in life and not yeah don't get me wrong sometimes you might be down for a week a month but as long as you can come out of that yeah you can be strong and be yourself again I think you've done well if I'm honest yeah 100% agree 100% agree we'll finish it there before you disappear because there'll be some people here that have no idea what it is what is devices fit? When do you train? What do you train? Um, and just tell us a little bit about your club before you disappear. Okay, so devices fit is actually devices running fit. It's a running group for all abilities, and it's a club that focuses on keeping people together. So. When you're running in a group, it's very easy for everyone to go off and you forget about the people at the back. Um, it's trying to prevent people running on their own and um, giving people almost... Um, it's almost like a, a family environment. It's about people coming together, people being able to talk and feel confident and basically grow with devices fit 
we train on a Tuesday. So Tuesdays is where we do effort training on hills. For anyone that doesn't know what effort training is, that is working at a higher intensity with um, recoveries in between to build um, strength and endurance. And that is probably one of people's most favourite times to run. I have no idea because I'm making them work stupidly hard, but <laughs> I seem to enjoy it. Um, Thursdays is where we do 5K or, and 10K. So some people only want to run 5K. People want to run a bit further. So we have an element of both. And then again, that is where we have tail runners and the front runners always loop back. So we've never got a great gap between the front and the back runners. Yeah, nice. And that's pretty much, that is Devices Fit. Um, on Facebook, you've got some of the runs Facebook page, haven't you? Yes. Yeah, yeah so, so if people want to find out more, search for Devices Fit on Facebook. I will try and tag it in the um, in the notes on this episode, actually, so people can find it nice and easy. Right. Damien, thank you for your time. I will hold it there on the podcast. Thank you for listening. Hopefully that was a few. We've been going for 55 minutes. Um, I know a lot of people have been waiting for this one between between me and you. So thank you for your time. Um, if you did enjoy this episode, tag us on Facebook, tag us on Instagram. Stick it where you want, give it a share, and we'll put it in both groups and stuff like that anyway. Once again, thank you for listening, and I will see you again next week.